Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew as we continue in our study of the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 19, the Sermon on the Mount. And let's begin reading at verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in the heavens where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon and all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, 
Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the nations, the unbelievers, seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Our Father and God, as we look into your holy word, we pray that you will reveal your truth to us. Help us, O Lord, to apply your truth to our individual lives and to our life as a church, a corporate body of believers. Again, Lord, we thank you for your abundant blessing in each of our lives. And we ask, O Lord, your mercy upon each one represented here today, and especially upon anyone here today who doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. We pray today they'll come to know him, to receive him, to experience the transforming love, transform the life. All this we pray in the precious and powerful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so here in this portion of the scripture, and I was thinking, um, we got a double shot of that. We read that in our responsive reading uh, as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> but. Uh, the first point here, the temporal and insecure nature of earthly treasures. The temporal and insecure nature of earthly treasures. So first of all, Jesus says something about moths. You know that it's estimated that every year billions of dollars worth of materials and agriculture are destroyed by insects around the world. <coughs> and they sell these things called mothballs, right, to protect your clothing. <laughs> and yet, isn't it true that clothing over time can wear out? It's worn out and no good but to just throw away. And then what about rust and decay? Have you ever had anything rust? Sometimes, uh, through our own neglect, the tool left out too long can become rusty and uh, become so rusty that it's no longer useful. And things decay. And the Bible teaches that, that everything in life really decays with the exception of that gift of salvation. Amen? But what about these bodies? <laughs> What about these bodies? They get a little worn out, don't they? Oh my. And then what about theft and vandalism? And there are people who take advantage of that. You ever had anything stolen from you? And how does that make you feel? How does that uh, impact you? And in this day and age in which we live, it has gotten to be significantly 
tragic when you consider that people have their identities stolen. Or they'll have a, a credit card that'll have a fraudulent charges, or maybe a bank account that's, that's uh, hacked into. And that has happened to many within our own congregation. And sometimes you might go to the, uh, the store, supermarket, whatever the case might be, and you're standing in line and you don't realize that that person standing behind you is waiting to see if they can take advantage of you, if perhaps maybe you'll forget something and they'll, they'll take what you have forgotten. And within just a matter of moments, they've hacked into your account. We've had that happen in our congregation as well. How uncaring, how inconsiderate, how selfish people are. Jesus says, people have a tendency to put their trust and confidence in earthly things. And no matter how careful you might be, there is always the chance that it will be stolen, that it will decay, or fly away, if you will, on the wings of birds. I tell you, I went the other day to put, uh, I have a diesel truck, diesel in my, in my truck, and I think the tank's like a 30, 30 or 33 gallon tank. So add that up, okay? It's all Ukraine's fault, right? Or the Russians? <laughs> yeah. Well, our second point. The focus of an individual's heart influences the character of his or her life. Do you know that some people will spend thousands, and some even into the millions, on changing their looks? They're not happy with what God gave them. You know what the Bible teaches? The Bible teaches that God doesn't even really look at your face. Did you know that? He says... My ways are not your ways. You look on the outward appearance. I look at the heart. You understand? And yet, there are people who will spend thousands and thousands and even into the millions on their appearance. And they get all kinds of implants, so to speak. And one day when I was still working over at the school, I heard that one of the, one of the ladies had gotten some, some implants. I thought, I thought they were talking about teeth. <laughs> so, so, you know, a week or two went by, and I happened to compliment the person. I said, well, you know, ask, well, how are your, how are your implants? <laughs> and the other teachers were standing around and they got red in the face and I, you know I didn't I didn't understand I, I, you know, so. <laughs> and then I realized I said, oh pardon me <laughs> oh my goodness but people will spend 
money that many of them don't have just to improve the appearance. The focus of an individual's heart influences the character of, of the life. Now, Jesus talks about the light of the eyes of the lamp. Light really is spiritual insight. You see, the eyes, the eyes, they focus or are used symbolically in the scripture to determine the direction of an individual's life. What you focus on. The priorities of your life. And what you allow. You've heard the saying, the eyes are the window to the soul and to the person. What do you allow your eyes to see? Over in the, in the book of Psalms, David says, I will not allow anything evil, no, no, nothing evil or wicked. I will not allow my eyes to fall upon it. You see, because once you see something, it's very difficult to forget, isn't it, right? Very difficult to forget. And in some cases, it's impossible to forget. You can see, you see those, you see those images. And so the, the focus, the perspective of one's life or one's sight. What kind of priorities do you have? And he says good or bad, referring to the quality, the character, or the morals. The morals of a person. Stop and let that sink in. Because the perspective, the life, the quality of that light results in fruit or consequence. Understand that the focus of your life and the types of priorities that you establish and the direction that you take in your life will either result in fruit, that is, those things that are that, that bring pleasantness of soul, contentment of heart and life that honor God, or a tremendous amount of misery and pain. I've shared with you before that uh, I had opportunity, and it was quite a, a privilege, to speak at, at different schools within the school district. They would invite me actually to sing, to sing at their uh, uh, graduations, the, uh, uh, the Star Spangled Banner. But then with that came the opportunity to also speak. So that I would speak on uh, four points. It had to do with dreams, and then achievement, respect, and excellence. But in the first part, if, if you as students and or you as people choose to live a life that involves drugs and other intoxicating things and you abuse that, instead of living out your dreams, your, your life is going to turn into a nightmare. And sadly, for so many people, for so many Christians, the, the focus of their life or the focus of their eyes 
It's not necessarily to bring honor to God, but to draw attention to themselves. And to live only for self, not for the Lord or for others. And as a result of that, they bring a tremendous amount of misery into their own lives and into the lives of others. Consequences. But Jesus goes on. Now, the third point actually comes from the Old Testament, but it's also consistent with what the New Testament teaches. You'll recall that Joshua, who, after the, the death of, of Moses, Joshua was appointed as the leader. And here on his deathbed, all right, Joshua's on his deathbed. And I believe he lived to be about 110 years old. I think that's correct. On his deathbed, he's, he's talking to the, to the Israelites, to their leaders. And he's basically, he's scolding them because even though for, for those 40 years in the wilderness, how God provided for them, there were many of them that still worshipped idols, if you can believe that. So many of them that, that still worshipped idols and material things. And he says this, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And he goes on to say, and I think you're familiar with, with the saying, he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Have you made that choice? Have you made that choice? You know, I've had opportunity to preach on stewardship from time to time. But not very often, because I, I, I really believe that the Bible speaks for itself, and if you're preaching the truth and God's people are seeking to serve the Lord, they don't need to be banged over the head about giving. You follow? But here is one area in which I've, I've I find myself frustrated sometimes or, or disturbed. You see, Jesus teaches that we should invest in the kingdom of God. Right? As we, as we get there. He says, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is to, to seek him, to invest in God's kingdom. What is important to God, we should be, or should, or should be important to us. What God is involved in, we should be involved in. You follow? Now you've worked, especially at this group, your, your entire lives, and you, you come to your retirement meetings. And there's a tendency to, to really worry about whether or not you have enough in retirement to, to see you through. And in, and in some cases, it's a, it's a real struggle. In other cases, you're, you're rather comfortable. And then comes this, this idea of who do you leave what to? And in some cases, the church is never even thought of. 
that is the kingdom of God has never even thought of in terms of one's will. And people will leave hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars to various organizations that will perish. You follow? And although they may be good, and they do some good, yet the kingdom of God is eternal. And Jesus says, instead of laying up treasures here upon earth, lay up treasures where? In heaven. In heaven. You know that this congregation really should have its own building. It really should. Now this is a beautiful building, yes. But it's very restrictive, and that's the truth. And very limited. Beautiful facility, but this church really should have its own building. Pray about that. You follow? Pray about that. Now, what you have is, is yours. What you've been given has been given to you by God. But Jesus puts it this way. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In heaven. Now notice, your relationship with God. That is first. That is the first and most important priority of an individual life. Nothing is to come before him. Nothing and no one. You might be surprised to know that there are people who serve in, in the ministry who were basically told, well, if you want to serve God, I'm out of here. Yeah, you say, what? Oh, yes. And there are, there are missionaries whose parents become so angry with their children for going to the mission field because they're leaving them and going to another part of the world and taking their grandchildren away. I can't believe you're taking my grandchildren away from me. How could you be so cruel and so... You see, they're more in love with themselves than they are with God. And I, when I was over at the seminary, you meet people from all different walks of life. You know that there are doctors, medical doctors, architects, engineers, you name it. From every walk of life, they come to know Christ as their Savior, and they feel the call of God upon their life, and they turn away from that profession to go to seminary, to go to the mission field. And they take that expertise with them to the mission field. And they treat people in the name of Christ as they're healing them and then sharing with them so that they become spiritually healed. And their parents, some of their parents, become irate. I didn't pay for you to go to medical school, for you to run off to some country on the other side of the world. 
bear responsibility for the kind of relationship that we cultivate. We have the responsibility to ensure that our relationship with God is right. And it is a daily walk. And that Sunday school lesson that we studied today, Paul's concern, like a parent for children, his concern for the Thessalonians was that they continue to grow. You know, none of us arrive. When we go to heaven, yes, we'll arrive in heaven's port. Amen? Amen. But here upon this earth, we are to continuously grow as Christians. That means that, that every day, and really every hour, every moment of every day, I'm to be conscious of my relationship with, with God. And I'm, I'm responsible for ensuring that I have a healthy relationship. We, as individuals, are responsible for that. But notice your relationship with mammon. What is mammon? There it is. Wealth personified, avarice deified. All through my younger years, and even, even in college and after college, etc., all these people, why didn't you pursue a singing career? Why didn't you pursue? Why are you wasting your voice? And I, I'm not wasting my voice. I even had someone say, well, you're, just, you're not interested in money. You're not interested in making any money. But no, I was just as interested in anyone else in making money. I, I wouldn't mind adding millions or billions. I'm sure you wouldn't either. <laughs> but God called me to a different life. He called me to a different life. But this mammon is people that they think that all of life is wrapped up in money. Now what, is, what does Jesus say about all of that? Well, let's look at this last point. He says instead of worrying, now worry, the word that's used actually there is, is to be filled with anxiety. To be filled with, with anxiety. He says, instead of worrying or being filled with anxiety, is to trust God. That is a personal decision. Every day, you're faced with many decisions, aren't you? Every day. Some simple, some not so simple. Some really serious decisions. But you know, when you decide to do things God's way, that is never a mistake. It may be the most difficult way. It may be the most challenging way, and it may be the most uncomfortable way, but it is always the right way. Because if it is God's way, it is the best way. God knows and is able to meet your every need. That means we need to trust God's word. Because Jesus went on in this passage, in this sermon, he went on and he said, after all these things, the unbelievers. Now, the word that's used there is actually in the Greek, although they put uh, Gentiles, it's the word ethnoi. Ethnoi from where we get ethnic. But it's used with the understanding of the nations, that is, the unbelieving nations. 
or the unbelieving people. What do they seek after? They seek after all of the riches and they have fame and fortune. Elvis sang a song, fame and fortune, right? Oh, but he went on to say how empty, how empty they can be. Yes. But that's what the unbeliever seeks after. The idea that, that riches are going to meet every need. No, God knows and is able to meet your every need. Jesus went on and he said, all these things the unbelievers seek, but your heavenly Father, right? He knows that you need these things. God understands that we, we need money to buy the food, etc., things that we need. God understands that we need a job. God understands that we need a place to, to live and a place where to lay our head, the clothes to wear, and in this day, vehicles to drive, unless you live in one of those you know, other metropolitan areas where you can catch the subway or catch a bus. You can always walk or ride a bike, maybe. <laughs> but what is Jesus saying? He says, God knows that you, you need all of these things. But seek first him, his kingdom, his righteousness. Seek God and his righteousness. And who is, who is his righteousness? Who is the righteousness of God? Jesus Christ, amen? Seek him first. And all of these things, all of your needs, God will take care of. Priorities. And then, by faith, you must believe and accept the fact that God will provide. God will provide. Do you believe that? That God will provide? I should have heard a yes or an amen. <laughs> God will provide. Now, over in the book of Psalms, David said, I've been young, and now I am old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, that is his offspring, begging for bread. Stop for a moment and let that sink in. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, his offspring, begging for bread. The Bible has something to say about rich and poor. The Bible has something to say about God providing for those who love him. The Bible has something to say about those who put God first and the way that God provides for them. Even in the darkest hour, God is able to provide. As the old southern preacher said, God is able to make a way when there is no way. God is able to provide. So the last thing that Jesus says is, stop worrying. You worry about every cotton-picking thing, stop worrying. Because worrying doesn't change anything other than you, and it makes you more miserable. 
Instead, live by faith. Trust and obey. We sing that hymn, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, right? But to trust and obey. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And then in a moment, we'll partake of some delicious food. <laughs> because God provides, amen? amen? And if anyone in the world knows about God's provision, it's people who live in the United States of America. There is a reason why so many people want to come here. And that this might be surprising to you, but every year, every year, there are more people who immigrate legally to the United States than any other country in the world, as well as illegally. More than any other country in the world, and without question, the United States has financially supported more nations in the entire world than any other nation in history. Right here in our own United States of America, the founding fathers, and it's wrong to, to, um, you know, to analyze or to hold accountable people from another age to the current age. Except in those areas, of course, where those particular positions remain the same. It's always been wrong to take the Lord's name in vain. It's always been wrong to steal. It's always been wrong to dishonor your father and your mother. It's always been wrong to commit adultery. It's always been wrong to murder. It's always been wrong to lie. You follow? Amen. All of those. It's always been wrong to worship idols. It's always been wrong to put something before God. Always. But all those other things, in different positions and various laws, etc., etc., those are other things for people to work out. But we're called upon to trust and obey, to place our faith in God, and to live accordingly. And the founding fathers of this country based the rule of law upon the scripture. 1,500 verses of scripture. 1,500, that's what the Constitution is based upon. Most people don't know that. And half of the signers, half of the signers were theologians. They don't tell you that either. And they don't tell you this, that the first buildings where votes took place were in church buildings because those were the center, they were built in the center of the community. Why? Because it was central to the health and the, the wealth of the nation 
for God to be recognized and acknowledged as central. Oh, there's so much about American history that it, it's, it's just being brushed aside and these people reinventing history. Putting God first. Amen. Let's stand, please, and let's sing. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.